Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for September 8th, 2019. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jack Steen, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, Bases of Love. Most of us that know her probably met her in 1995 with the help of Susan Sarandon and Sean Penn in the movie Dead Man Walking. Sister Helen Prejean is a Roman Catholic sister best known as a leading advocate to abolish the death penalty. That movie stuck with me especially that scene towards the end when the murderer confesses to the sister. She asks him if he takes responsibility for his actions. He affirms that he does. Then she calls him a son of God. He said he had been called a son of a lot of things before, but a son of God was not one of them. He thanks her for loving him and considers how it is that it takes his own impending death to find out what it feels like to be loved. Since 1995, and because of her continued advocacy on behalf of those on death row, I think about the death penalty differently. If you hear the name Sister Helen Prejean, you instantly think, Advocate for those on death row. On the basis of love, she truly and honestly cares about human life, and she truly and honestly cares about the opportunity for redemption, even behind bars. Perhaps the most famous of all environmentalists is that one woman that we associate with her more than 50 years of study of social and family interactions with wild chimpanzees after she first went to Tanzania. Jane Goodall is a celebrity because of her environmental activism. She proved that the power of one person, one determined individual can make a real difference. She has her own institute and continues to fight for the protection of animals, the environment, and for individuals to do their part to help the environment. Her youth program is called Roots and Shoots, and it has over 150,000 members in 130 countries. If you hear the name Jane Goodall, you instantly think chimpanzees. But once you get past that, it will lead you to think She's an advocate for conservation and animal welfare issues. On the basis of love, she honestly cares about all creation, even the animals, even the earth. Not only is he the oldest living U.S. president, but recently he became the longest living president in our nation's history. In response to making it this far, the Carter Center released this statement. President and Mrs. Carter are both determined to use their influence for as long as they can to make the world a better place 
and millions of the world's poorest people are grateful for their resolve and their heart. Yes, he is a former president of the United States of America, but he will most likely be remembered with hammer in hand as an advocate for decent and affordable housing. If you hear the name Jimmy Carter, you instantly think Habitat for Humanity. On the basis of love, he honestly cares about the poor and wanting everyone to have a decent, affordable place to live. And then there's Martin Luther King Jr. and Gandhi and Mother Teresa, all acting on the basis of love as advocates that have changed the world. It was on the basis of love that Paul acted as an advocate for Onesimus. Onesimus was a slave belonging to Philemon. It's unclear the details of what all happened between Philemon and Onesimus. Traditionally, Onesimus has been known as the runaway slave, but some commentaries question the logic behind that. While the details of the shenanigans, well, they're just not that interesting to me. They're not as interesting as, interesting to me as the fact that a personal correspondence from one man to another man on behalf of a third man, well, that catches my attention. And that this one short communication made it into our canon. Imagine how many letters were written and sent and delivered and read. This one was saved and recorded and voted in by the committee of the powers that be that it would be a part of what constitutes our holy scriptures. Why? Why this one letter? Why this one small set of relationships? It's not even about a church. What was significant enough about this storyline to include it in the collection we call the New Testament? The letter to the church in Rome? I get including that. It's full of stuff that communities of faith may need to know. Same for the letters to the church in Corinth and Galatia. But the letter to Philemon... Slave owner of Onesimus. It just doesn't really compare to the other writings that we lean on. But then it hit me. We would need a lesson on advocacy. Because I'm not sure it comes naturally to us sometimes. Because you know what we are? We're busy. It's hard to be an advocate when you're busy being busy. We would need an example of what it might look like to be guided on the basis of love. We would need to be reminded that there would be people that need us to speak up for them, to speak out for them, to come to their defense, to say a good word, to plead on behalf of. We would need to know that our job in the gospel story is to act as an advocate for all of the Onesimuses that cross our paths. One of the sayings found in Proverbs, speak out for those who cannot speak, for the rights of all the destitute. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. You know I could go on and on with other 
sentences and quotations and stories from Scripture, one commentator suggests that there really are two central themes that run through the Bible concerning justice. The first is God's all-encompassing love, concern, and mercy for all human beings. And the second theme around biblical justice is our responsibility to God's earth and to care for God's people. This commentator says, the view that nations as well as individuals will be judged by the way we treat the weakest and most vulnerable among them is deeply embedded in the witness of prophets. Nations and individuals will be judged by the way we treat our weakest. Let that sink in just a minute. And I would add to his commentary, churches might be judged by the way we treat the weakest and most vulnerable among us. In 2012... The Presbyterian Church USA put out a little booklet entitled Advocacy as Discipleship, A People Called to Witness. It's a four-week devotional guide put out by the PCUSA Office of Public Witness. The Office of Public Witness is the voice of the Presbyterian General Assembly to decision makers in Washington, D.C., I would love that job. I think I could just give tons of advice in Washington. (laughs) The Office of Public Witness seeks to, here's their own statement, the Office of Public Witness seeks to challenge the nation with the church's deep convictions about justice and peace and to challenge the church to advocate and help the church to advocate the social witness perspectives and policies of the Presbyterian General Assembly. The church, it says, has a long history of applying these biblically and theologically based insights to issues that affect the public, maintaining a public policy ministry in the nation's capital since 1946. I don't think they've done quite enough yet. I'd like to send them some money and tell them to get in there and do it better. Their pamphlet introduction says, and this was written in 2012, so it's not speaking to today's turmoil or chaos. They say, what does it mean to believe that advocacy is intrinsically related to discipleship? This claim takes seriously the work of Jesus Christ as one who reached out to strangers and friends, offering of himself to heal bodies and spirits. Jesus went through Galilee, quoting Matthew, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, curing every disease and every sickness among the people. They said both in Jesus' day-to-day ministry and in his saving grace that touches our lives now, Jesus offers a model of advocacy. Christ shows that to care about your neighbor is to the to, that to care about your neighbor to the point of social action is our calling. We do not advocate in order to speak for others, but we listen to the voices in our communities near and far and join our sisters and brothers in the cause for justice. Jesus' ministry touched the lives of his society's outcasts as well as their ruling politicians. 
He, his words and deeds rattled the halls of power in his day, attracting the attention of religious and political authorities who sought to arrest him. We follow Jesus, they say, and accept his call to love our neighbors with a passion that reflects his own. What does it mean to believe that advocacy is intrinsically related to discipleship? It means everything in the way we live our lives of faith. Now, when I think of Paul, I have lots of emotions. At first, I think of him as an advocate for persecuting the followers of Jesus. He was really good at that. And then he had this massive Damascus Road experience, conversion, and he was totally changed. And then, using all the same passion that was his driver, he became an advocate for starting communities of faith, Jesus' communities of faith. I have lots of mixed emotions about him because of those who find themselves as advocates of biblical literacism, literalism, because they love to point to Paul for why women should keep silent in the church. So you can see why Paul has made my life miserable. <laughs> I use the word miserable very intentionally. It's been a very long time, a solid 20 years. But I remember those moments and those confrontations like they were yesterday because one never, ever forgets what it feels like to be called an abomination or an affront to God because I dared to preach the gospel. I mean, that kind of stings when they say, but Paul said, hard for me to love on Paul after that. But Philemon has helped me a little bit because I find myself admiring this stance that Paul is taking because it has caused me to pause and take a look at myself and ask, for what, for whom am I an advocate? What cause, what oppression, what situation, what person needs my voice, my power, my influence? I have power. I have influence. So do you. Who needs me? What Onesimus out there needs for me to be Paul? Pleading to the Philemon of the system. To whom do I need to send a letter on the basis of love? What pleading do I need to do on behalf of another? The overwhelming thing is this. There is no end to the need for advocates. Mass incarceration of African-American men, farm workers, immigrants, refugees, at-risk children in our education system, homelessness, mental illness, people with disabilities, women in ministry, LGBTQ inclusion, global warming. You feel like you're drowning yet? And because we feel overwhelmed that we cannot advocate for everything, we advocate for nothing. Paul advocated to one guy for one guy. It's a place to start.
You may know her as the mother of Kate or the wife of Tom. Hopefully you just know her as Ladane. But you should know that many people in North America, that's large, North America, associate the name Ladane McLeese Pulaski as an advocate for peacemaking. What would it be like to be known across North America as an advocate for peacemaking? How cool is that? You may know her as the wife of Bill or the mother of Rob or a soon-to-be mother-in-law, but around town, they know her as an advocate for literacy. Linda Hefner is the best promotional ad for Augustine literacy tutors the organization could have ever had. They They couldn't pay for her kind of marketing. How cool is that to be known all over town for being an Augustine literacy tutor? You may know him as the father of two sons or think of him as some kind of renaissance man that can do it all. What can he not do? He cannot put his knees together and he's not great at alphabetizing. But from woodworking to trumpet piano to barefoot water skiing to yes, even preaching, you may know him as a co-pastor with his wife of a smallish congregation in Charlotte, North Carolina. But he is known across this country for his writings. A most recent blog with over 50,000 hits. I mean, that's a lot of people reading his words. The underlying theme that drives his thinking and his writing is being an advocate for the church. Trying to give the church and Christianity a better name than it's getting out there among those that have taken over what it means to be Christian. Always advocating on behalf of God for those who have left the church because of the church. A lot of people across the country know Russ Dean for his writing and for his calling people to the church to stay invested, to stay involved. There is a God bigger, more grand, more loving than the one they hear about in the headlines. You may know him as the husband of Anne, or better, as the grandfather of Andra, but we all know that when we hear his name, we instantly think books, books, books. His passion for getting books in the hands of at-risk children is contagious. An avid reader himself, George Miles, is an advocate not just for reading, but for caring for children who do not have the family systems in place that can teach children to read or just give them a book to hold in their hands. Imagine what it must be like to walk in at Marie G. Davis or last year to walk into um, Sedgefield Elementary And everybody know your name because you care that much about children learning to read. I mean, these these are the low-hanging fruit. I could go through the directory and do this for many, many of you. But I ask you today, on the basis of love, for whom will you be an advocate? For whom will you walk alongside? If you believe that the Spirit of God is here walking alongside of us, then the calling is for us to act as God's Spirit in the world and walk alongside another. And what about us? 
What about our collective voice, our collective hands, our collective feet, our collective heart? On the basis of love, what's our next project of advocacy? I'll look forward to hearing back from you. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.